BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, IDP Army. Everything about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up, IDP Army? It is your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk, the Cardi B of IDP, your fearless leader. I'm joined here by my right-hand man, Billy Manziel. How you doing, Bill? Doing good. It's Mickey Blanco week, and I couldn't be more excited. Mickey Blanco gave it to uh, Joe Burrow and the boys this week. If you don't know, Mickey Blanco is our pet name for the man, the myth, the legend, Mike White, who went out, put up 400-plus yards on Halloween, got a little spooky for the Jets. All right, we're going to do something different today on the show. We are going to do a midseason review, risers and fallers, offense, defense. We're going to talk a little bit about the awards, how the season's going. Um, Yeah, and we're going to talk fantasy football because that's what we do around here. So let's get it popping. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. So before we get into the rises and fallers midseason, let's just talk about the major bullet points from this week, today, whatever you want to call it. We have several to get to. I'm going to throw a few out and we'll just kind of give our first takes, our thoughts, our impressions. So we have Derrick Henry. Looks like he's going to miss six to eight weeks with a broken foot bone. We have Von Miller getting traded from the Denver Broncos to the L.A. Rams. We have Ninky Blanco himself, Mike White going out and doing something Zach Wilson has not shown the ability to do. No Jets quarterback since 2000 has done, by the way. And just to add insult to injury, Joe Flacco's there now, so (laughs) we got to deal with all the – I mean, it's just a circus. It's a circus show, but we are – uh, we are pro Mickey Blanco here on this show. Hell um, yeah. For the brand. Um, so ride with us. 
what other big news do we have really we have adrian peterson maybe looking to he is signing he's, with signed, yeah, he's on the practice squad the titans so we'll see what comes of that um any other big big news from the the weekend we, Oh, uh, I mean, pretty big news. Calvin Ridley taking a step away from football to yep. deal with his mental health, which we wish all the best for him. I really hope that he can work out through whatever he's going through right now. Yeah, unfortunate, really unfortunate. And, you know, it, it really mirrors the situation. The way I'm viewing it is kind of the way that and the way I think it will go down. I don't like it this way, but it's similar to Josh Gordon and Martavis Bryant where, you know, maybe they had stigmas around them where it had to do with cannabis and like addiction issues, but it was still rooted in mental health issues and mental health awareness. Um, so we've seen guys struggle with this and not come back from it. You know, it sucks for a fantasy perspective, but we're, we're rooting for him. Hope he can beat it. Um, Jameis Winston suffers torn ACL. That really sucked as well. Another really kind of big piece of news over the weekend Taysom Hill left the concussion. Trevor Simeon came in, mm-hmm. beat Tom Brady in the Bucks. Wild stuff. Tom and Brady slept, night, walk, slept walk through that game. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush goes out and has a game of the ages. Um, the dude was dealing. I mean, he was dealing if you watch that game. He did not. Yeah. At one point, I think in the third or fourth quarter, Collinsworth or uh, the other guy was talking, he said, he doesn't look like he's not – hasn't played football in a while. Like he didn't, I mean, every throw was with authority mm-hmm. and with great placement with some zip on it, accurate. And they won the game, you know, flat out, plain and simple. The defense didn't give them, you know, a whole, whole lot of help. Trevon Diggs did okay, but near the end of the game, he got injured. Um, they did limit the Vikings from scoring, um, but it really did. They did win on the back of that offense doing what it needed to do, what it needed to get done. So Daniel Hunter also, this is an IDP thing. Looks like he suffered a torn pec. He's yep. probably going to miss the rest of the season, I would imagine. So, uh, I, I also um, Malik Harrison for the Ravens was shot in the leg while out at a party this weekend during the bye week. Everybody needs to stay safe during these buys. Um, don't know I, if you saw that one or not, but I yeah, not. I did not. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was a rookie last year, third round. Um, you know, not very consequential for this year in IDP, but you know, it's still, you know something Relevant. to note yeah not what you want to see um so we got the right the end of this week coming up we have the the new york giants playing the chiefs tonight but we wanted to quickly you know or not really quickly but we wanted to do a different show today i'd usually do the waiver wire show today and i'll still do some waiver wire stuff later um but we want to really talk about how this season has been going writ large um i feel like what i'm noticing is there's really not a lot of super dominant teams there's a lot of four and three three and four teams um, and even if you're one of the teams that's not on the upper hand of that, that's not that far off from being middle of the pack, you know, even if you are two and five or whatever. So I think there's still a lot of hope for t- people out there, but it's time to have a really a frank discussion about what this season is compared to what we thought it would be and what seasons past have been. So we were going to do that today, talk about the leaderboards at wide receiver running back, wider, you know, all the positions essentially. Talk about mm-hmm. our awards for this season, so Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, things like that. Um, so if you are here joining us in the live chat, um, we'll do our best to answer some questions. Shout out to the Fantasy Football Futurist. He's in here. Um, and, yeah, if you're listening on the podcast form, leave us a thumbs up, a subscribe to Apple iTunes, whatever you're listening to. Um, same thing with YouTube. Give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, etc. So where do you let's go ahead and start with the award ceremony. We were talking before we came on. Let's just talk NFL MVP. Uh, my vote right now 
is on Josh Allen. Um, I know that yesterday, you know, they were in a competitive game, but he has not shown any signs of not being just as good as he was last year. And he's doing it without having Stefan Diggs, you know, be this gaudy alpha wide receiver one. Like he's doing it himself. You know, he's showing that the production runs through Josh Allen. Ultimately, he's doing it on the ground. He's getting the wins. Um, they're cruising right now. They look very dominant. Um, my my money's on him to win. I know there are some people still in the Kyler camp. If you're looking on DK Sportsbook right now, Josh Allen is the favorite, plus 250. Kyler's plus 600. He has the second-best odds tied with Matthew Stafford and Tom Brady. Um, I would have given Derrick Henry pretty good odds. It, before, that would have been my pick. Um, before you know. he went on or got injured. So, but, but what are your thoughts? Are you – who who are you? Who do you think the NFL MVP will be at the end of the season? Well, before I say it, you know what's crazy about Derrick Henry? He got hurt early in that game and still rushed twenty six more times after getting that foot injury. That's going to cost him the season. The, he is just not human. <laughs> I I I would not be surprised if he could just go ahead and like he could have probably played through this foot injury. But they're going to need him for the playoffs, so I understand why it makes more sense to go get that now. I don't really have a dominant MVP yet. I'm still going to give it to Kyler Murray. I know that you have your beef with Kyler Murray, but the Cardinals and what they're able to do it without him on that team, I don't think that they would be able to succeed. And I think if you took Josh Allen off the bills on the strength of that defense, I still think that they would be a good team, not a great team. But if Mitch Trubisky was out there, I'm still thinking they're winning probably most of the games that they're playing even without him so uh, for that reason i gotta put it on kyler murray currently because without him that team would not be very good that's fair that's fair i guess um um we'll see where we are at the end of the season i'm gonna keep my money on josh allen some of the auxiliary stats may not be quite as good but you know kyler has seven interceptions 18 sacks compared to uh josh allen's three and eight and I know, you know, he has more wins, but, you know, he's still the quarterback um, and he still has put his team in bad position several more times than Josh Allen has. Just well, I'd say if they got the number one seed in the AFC, which is much in play right now. By the way, nobody wants to win the AFC, it appears. Everybody who gets to be first place loses the very next week. The Ravens got it and then they lost to the Bengals. Bengals had it and then they lost to the Jets. So and now it's um, I think it's it's the Raiders are number two. Um, and I forgot who's number one. Oh, it's the Titans. The Titans are number one in the AFC right now. Then they just lost Derrick Henry. So I don't think any team in the AFC particularly wants to win the bills. This will be the good opportunity maybe for them to take the number one seed. And I say, if he does lead them to that, I could see how Josh Allen could, would be the MVP there. All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk about the defensive player of the year. Um, right now, the uh, leader on DK Sportsbook, Miles Garrett, plus 300. TJ Watt, plus 400. Trevon Diggs, plus 500. Aaron Donald, plus 800. And then it drops down pretty far. Yeah, Max Crosby and then Jalen Ramsey, both plus 2,500. Who you got out of those top four? Um, who do you think deserves it? And then it's it's TJ Watt, Miles Garrett. While I like, I'm a huge Browns fan, so obviously, like I love Miles Garrett, and he's been very good this season. I would say the stats kind of heavily skewed one particular game against Justin Fields, but I, 
I think it's TJ Watt because consistently he makes the plays that lead that team to victory, to seal wins, like what he did against Seattle in that game, Jack with Geno Smith. I, I just like he's the one that is causing that team to win. So I don't know how you can't give it to him. Miles Garrett is not causing the Browns to win. Like they're still getting absolutely torched on defense. And I, how can you be the defensive player on a year on a, in a bad defense? Fair, fair. Yeah. On 303 defensive snaps, TJ Watt, eight and a half sacks ties the league league. Um, and I think it's important to note, he has had his bye week. And he missed a game due to injury, and he played 16 snaps in another game. Eight and a half sacks, second most in the league, eight tackles for a loss, three forced fumbles, three passes defended, three fumble recoveries, and like you said, multiple game-winning plays. So he's kind of my favorite right now, too, just because even with the missed time, um, he's still causing more disruption than anybody, really. Now, the pressure number is a little bit lower, but he's also played 303 snaps. The guys that are, you know, have more sacks than him, these guys are playing, some of them, almost 200 more snaps than he has on the season. Yeah. So that's multiple games of production that T.J. Watt has not had a chance to be on the field that these guys have had. Um, and he's still wrecking the league. So he's my bet as well. Um, you know, obviously, I think he should have won it the last two years. Um, Aaron this Donald got last I mean, he's out there. He's making a statement. If nothing else, well, it's he's not going to be Trayvon Diggs. Can we just get rid of that? Like he's yeah, he needed to get interception that. in the. If he would have gotten interception on last night's game, it, I think the conversation would still be a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be. It's him. a very fluky play. It's not like he's covering so incredibly to where like it's not like Stephon Gilmore, who I, I know he probably shouldn't have won two years ago, but it, he's not Stephon Gilmore. Like if we're comparing defensive backs like you know and what Stefan Gilmore was able to do versus what Trayvon Diggs is doing now it's not in my opinion even remotely the same he just happens to be intercepting the ball which I think it should be said if a quarterback feels comfortable enough to throw to your side of the field that many times for you to get the interception I mean they're not throwing on good cornerbacks that they don't think they can get the ball past that's all I'm saying fair fair all right, let's switch gears to Offensive Rookie of the Year. Jamar Chase right now, odds are minus 140. He's pretty much the far and away the leader. Mac Jones, plus 300. Then it drops down big, plus 1,000 Najee, and then plus 3,000 Trevor Lawrence. Um, Pretty it's, funny that... It's Jamar Chase. like uh, Yeah. It's, it's usually a quarterback award, yeah. traditionally, you know, or a, or a running back award. Um. Yeah, Jamar Chase is just – he's making such a big difference, um, and he's doing it consecutive weeks so that the buildup is there and it's continued. It's not like he's showing up and not showing up. I know he let people down a little bit this last week, but he still yeah. did enough on the field. Caught his touchdown. That's all that mattered. Exactly. It's not going to take away from the overall argument. I don't think there's a lot to debate with that one. Plus, the, Jets, the Jets have a good defense. I think that needs to be said. Like it, it's, it's not great, but the pieces that they have in it is – you know, they got some guys. They can make plays, yeah. I don't know about how they are as, as an absolute unit necessarily, but they do have some playmakers. Quentin Williams, I think, is massively underrated as just an overall disruptive force um, in any game. C.J. Mosley had some big plays yesterday, um, but yeah, their, their cornerbacks are definitely not the best. Um, Look, can I, before before we move on from offense, uh, the rookie part, 
because these quarterback this quarterback class has been god awful so far. Like Mac Jones happened to end up on a pretty good team. This was supposed so, to be the best one. I just want to bring to light for all the the people that claim that they can QB scout and that they're Debbie gods and that all that stuff really matters for fantasy football. This was supposed to be the chosen quarterback class. This mm-hmm. was supposed to be the one where you plug all these guys in week one and you just cruise to dubs. Exactly. And, and and I've already started to see next year, like, you know, people like, oh, this class is going to be awful. Have, have you seen the 2023 quarterback class? I'm like, you don't even know what you're watching. Like, I, I get it. I get the, like, concern about the names because they're not there. But we thought this class was going to be just transcendent. Trevor Lawrence is, looks like a bum right now. Like, he, he's unusable for fantasy. He's pretty unusable on that team. His number one receiver is Jamal Agnew. He won't even throw to Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chanel. It, it, it's that was the best quarterback in the class. Like, you know, best I, quarterback ever. Of yeah, any class. Exactly. Like it, it's just there's major concerns with every quarterback in this class, except for Justin Fields, because I think that's a Matt Nagy problem. And I love that Matt Nagy after that game was like, we got to find out. Um, why we don't look like that every week, and it's like, well, it's because you weren't there this time. There's literally <laughs> one variable that's been changed, right? And just what it like is. a completely <laughs> different person, but figure it out. Matt Nagy's on the case. All right, let's talk about these defensive rookies of the year. Micah Parsons, favorite, plus 2125. Then a pretty big fall, Jason Away, plus 750. Aziz Ojolari, plus 1000. Patrick Sertain, plus 1000. Gregory Sal. Plus 1,200, I think that's – I don't know. I, I think he has just as good a chance probably as, as Owe um, of pulling that off. But it, it's going to be Parsons, I think, and we can pretty well lock that in. Yeah, you're not beating a Cowboy. Yeah, you're not beating a Cowboy that is making a difference and showing up in, in big plays and in big ways. So um, not really a lot to talk about there. He's can we talk about how the line, the rookie linebacker class has been like kind of disappearing so far? Like not very – I don't know. Other than Parsons, like we just expected, I guess, a lot more from like Zayvon Collins, um, Jamin Davis. Davis has been a surprise. I wasn't really putting a lot of stock in this class as far as like guys I would just plug and play. Zayvon Collins felt like he was going to be the one that you probably could because it felt like Jordan Hicks was going to leave, but he still hasn't. He's still there. He's still playing well. Good too. So exactly. So of the guys that I had, I probably had the most faith in this season. He turned out to be probably the biggest disappointment. And then Parsons, he had all these guys in front of him and he's just gotten them out of the way. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, besides him, it's really been tough. Oh, we got a comment here. Good point. Okay. That that's a good point. Nick Nick Bolton has been playing very well. He's right. He had four tackles for loss in their game the other day against the Tennessee Titans. That's four yeah. negative yardage plays. I'm assuming they were pretty much all on Derrick Henry because he's the only guy that carries the ball there. Right. That's something you can hang your hat on as a linebacker, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll see so, what he can do tonight, too. Yep, sure. and it'll be interesting to see, see how they use him. So, um, Other major awards, we got the Comeback Player of the Year award. This one's actually pretty interesting. Dak Prescott at minus 500, but Joe Burrow plus 500, I think that – is a little bit closer than that, probably. Um, who do you think will take it home? I think with Dak Prescott not playing right now, Burrow should. I mean, you should load up some money on Burrow. I don't. I don't know. Like that. That team's it's a little really curious. Good. Yeah, yeah, very curious. So that I, I think I'm going to give it to. It's tough. It's tough to go against the Cowboy. I think the more deserving player is probably Joe Burrow. He's been playing every game. Um, they've been winning. He's been doing it with a hodgepodge of guys, and 
you know, Dak, we've known this team that Dak's had is going to be good. The Cowboys have been good. They've had all the pieces to be good. We didn't know that about the Bengals, and Joe Burrow was supposed to be like the skeleton key, and he has proven to be the skeleton key. And then he got injured, and then he came right back, and that team is right back where they were, probably even a better situation than they were. So I would, I'm going to vote that Joe Burrow deserves it more than Dak. And that's tough because I went from being a huge Dak hater back in the day to like, I love, I think Dak's just a cool ass dude. I think he's probably one of the most down to earth regular people in the NFL, just from based on what, you know, it's just me watching him and observing him. But he seems like he's an easy guy to root for. And again, that's coming from somebody who was not rooting for him at really at any point. But I'm a big Dak fan now. But Burrow, I think he, he's, he's done enough to earn it. So, yep. I agree. I never thought he would be the same after that injury and exceeded expectations. Better, better. Um, You want to take a stab real quick at the uh, coach of the year? Coach of the year. I'll give you here the top four guys. We got Mark McCarthy plus 600, Cliff Kingsbury plus 700, Brandon Staley plus 700, and then Sean McVay plus 900. Hmm. I'm not. Can I go off board? Go. Sean Payton. Should be getting He's some plus buzz. 1200. He's plus 1200. Uh, Sean McDermott, and then he are the next two best. Does that team look seem like a five and two team to you? I mean, based on how many people have been like just you know out on everybody, I mean, they don't have a wide receiving core. Um, Jameis has been up and down to say the least, um, for them, and they've just been rattling off wins. I, I think Peyton might deserve it this year. Um, that he's done a great job. I mean, you could probably give it to like Zach Taylor or Cliff Kingsbury because they're doing something, but it feels that they're going to like, I don't know. It feels like one of those two teams is going to fall off at the end of the season. My votes for the Cardinals, because as soon as Kyler gets hurt, that thing is out. Like it's not going to go well for the Cardinals once Kyler Murray gets hurt. Um, but John Payton, I think it should be him. Rougarou, I agree. Uh, Brandon Staley, they want him. They want it to be him real bad. They've got they really do plus seven hundred. <laughs> I like that. I, I really enjoy that. After he got all, I mean, everybody was just choking on his, you know what, on Twitter two three weeks ago. Every statement he said was just like retweeted, like, "Oh my God, Brandon Staley is the best." And then like now he's had like two bad weeks, and I haven't seen a single clip of him from a press conference come through my timeline. And I'm like, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. We know how y'all are. Yeah, the Chargers, they have some major flaws, and I don't know where those flaws were at the beginning of the season. It's funny, but... too, because the big tout was his defensive coaching ability and all this. Yeah, and, and it's they like have the worst run defense in the league. Yeah, but that was so. like the tout. I was like, come on, y'all. Well, if you kind of go through their wins, like they didn't have any, they haven't had really any good wins. They beat Washington, uh, they beat the Chiefs, which is not. It's a good win, but it's not a great win. Uh, they beat the Browns, but the game was 47 to 42, and it was pretty much a coin flip there at the end. Yeah. And then they beat the Raiders, which is their only good win so far, but we don't even know if the Raiders are good or not. So mm-hmm. if you yeah, think about they, it, like the Chargers, like, are are they for real? Because I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I mean, they they have they're they're kind of built the way the Chiefs are right now. They're real in the sense that their quarterback is a god. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. but, you know, and their coaching staff is looked at as a genius and a, and a savant and a forward thinker. But, you know, again, you, eventually that needs to show up on the field. 
I thought, you know, to me, it's pretty telling that they couldn't beat the Patriots because I don't think the Patriots are a very good team. Patriots at home, by the way, like the Patriots had to travel all the way from New England to LA. And yeah, and you guys got beat up. Like that was, I didn't, yeah, I, that was embarrassing. And, Mm. you know, that's, that's telling to me more than any soundbite. That's pretty telling. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's move along now. All right, let's talk quickly about the leaderboard on the season. And since we are a, you know, a thought a forward-thinking show and a forward-thinking organization, we're going to look forward. We're going to look at the IDP or the defensive side of things before we look at the offensive side of things because you probably have a lot of people in your ear, in your eyeballs, in your, you know, here there and everywhere telling you offensive information. We want to keep you guys abreast of the defensive stuff, all right? So let's just quickly talk about sacks. They're sexy. They're big. Miles Garrett, 10 and a half sacks through eight games. Really good pace. 31 tackles. Really good pace for him. Um, the next two guys behind him, Harold Landry, TJ Watt. I've already kind of given my TJ Watt spiel. He's done a lot on a little snaps. <clears throat> to be second in the league behind Harold Landry is crazy. Harold Landry's played like almost 500 defensive snaps, just to give you an idea of the discrepancy of playing time for Watt to be on this list. Next behind him, you have Matt Judon, another eight-game starter. He has eight sacks. Hassan Reddick, seven and a half. Trey Hendrickson, seven and a half. Two pass rushers that left their teams last year. And two pass rushers that last year a lot of smart football people kind of dunked on. Said, oh, Hassan Reddick, all of his sacks came. They were cleanup sacks. He's not going to do anything for the Panthers. Mm. Wrong. Trey Hendrickson. Oh, they the Bengals way overpaid. He's not going to be the difference maker. They should have kept Carl Lawson around. Wrong. Trey Hendrickson's a beast. More sacks than Nick Bosa. More sacks than Daniel Hunter. Mm-hmm. More sacks than Khalil Mack. These guys are dogs. All right. They got paid because they they get the points. They get the finishing plays. They're not just pressure creators. They are playmakers. All right. And they're proving that through eight games. Eight and a half sacks. We're trending for some big sack total seasons right now. Last year, we came off a season where the highest sack total, I believe, was 14. Mm-hmm. We could legitimately see a guy with 14 sacks next week. I mean, Miles Garrett has that kind of pop in his game. Yeah. So that just lets you know defensively where the NFL is at right now. Um, we got a lot of good young pass rushers right now. So we got a lot of guys getting pressure, a lot of guys up for big contracts. TJ Watt reset the market. What what are your thoughts on the current sack leaderboard? Who do you think finishes the season with the most sacks? So I still think it's going to end up being Miles Garrett. I really do. Um, just uh, short, wrong. Okay, well, fair enough. I I think TJ Watt is good, and I don't think I just don't think he is going to be the leader. I but at the same time, like as far as impact plays go, I think it's going to be TJ Watt. But as far as like sack, that one number. Probably not Are even you tackles. Not worried, but... Do you not? But think about it. He has eight and a half sacks, and he's played almost two hundred fewer snaps. Only two. I mean, on a snap per snap basis, I mean, his sack rate's I, better. I hear you, but I just don't think he's going to get done. Just don't right. think. Should we do a fireball some... bet? Yeah, Since, let's do it. Yeah, all right, we'll do a little competitive fireball bet. I'm going to take my guy TJ Watt, even though he's missed a couple of games. Um, I'm going to take him, and he's you know I'm going to give Billy a little handicap. I'm still going to beat him. Um, although Billy is right now kind of crushing me in fireball bets from the preseason, but we won't get into that now. We won't bore yeah. you with the details. Don't worry, you, we don't uh, even worry about that. Keep paying um, up on some of those. Well, we, we, we'll talk about accounts receivable. That's all next year stuff. So we'll get into <laughs> that later. Um, 
Nick Bosa, seven, two sacks yesterday, quietly having a pretty decent season. It's funny, I heard them talking about the the uh, superstars on San Francisco the other day, and his name didn't come up. And I was like, man, like, is nobody paying attention to, like, how good he's really playing? Like, mm-hmm. seven sacks coming off an ACL tear that, like, he didn't play last year. 11 tackles for loss. Let's go ahead and jump into the next leaderboard. He leads the league in tackles for loss with 11, tying Hassan Reddick and Miles Garrett. Again, coming off a major injury, and he's played one fewer game because of the bye week. Um, TJ Watts a little bit lower. He was the leader last week or last season. He has eight. But, you know, it's mostly pass rushers. But you have Demario Davis and Nick Bolton in there with nine and nine, your first off-ball linebackers. Those guys are obviously giving you some big points. Um, who do you think finished the season as the tackle for loss leader? Now, bear in mind the last three of the last four years, I believe it's been Aaron Donald. And then last year it was uh, TJ Watt. And I think it was Luke Keekley a few years back as well. So it kind of jumps around. Well, I, I – I like, I've liked Reddick so far. The Carolina defense is definitely nothing to mess with, and I think it's only going to help now that he's got a, you know, the secondary that he has gives him more time to get back there, or you know, he's just got a really good swim move about him. Um, I also like, and I see Ruru brought him up, Demario Davis as well. Um, I think he Please. has a big opportunity. The Saints defense is trending up. And I think by the season's end, tackles for loss, he could easily be in there. He does. If you follow me on YouTube or on Facebook or oh, God dang, go to Twitter, <laughs> go to my handle. I put out a video last week where I was talking him up. I said he's going to have a big game. They did have a big game. Um, Eric Kendricks, I don't know. I see in the chat here. I don't know where his tackle for loss numbers are. Aaron Donald, interestingly, only six. He's almost had almost half as many as the highest guy. It's not going to be an Aaron Donald MVP or a defensive player of the year, ladies and gentlemen. And honestly, last year shouldn't have been one either, but I won't get into that. Um, yeah, Kendrick. I don't think in the top fifty. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think Miles Garrett finishes the season with the most tackles for loss. Um, traditionally, he's not a guy that gets a lot. A lot of these. Um, if you go look at his production profile, and again, the fact that T.J. Watt is only three behind him, and he's played two hundred ish, hundred fifty, two hundred ish fewer snaps. I still think it's going to be somebody like a Matt Judon or a or we'll a sleep on Watt. Bolton. Yeah, his snaps his snaps are a little iffy, and I still yeah, I'm, I'm still, gonna go with the pass still has nine. He has. I'm going to go with the pass rusher. You're right. You make a good. Point. That's crazy. Make his a stand. snap percentage. His. Are we just going to go two day Watt against Miles Garrett on this one too? Um. Oh, man, I, I. We don't have to do uh, one on this one. I was about to say I don't know. I don't feel as comfortable with Miles Garrett on that one, but Von Miller want to bring him up real quick. Seven tackles for loss in seven games. He is fourteenth uh, in the league, so he's making some plays behind the line of scrimmage. No forced fumbles this season, though. Only three and a half sacks. So, and curiously, only well nine quarterback hits. That ain't bad. The thing All about right. the Browns, though, is you don't run on the Browns. Like that is something I've been touting on offensive points. Like that that is the one team because like even Clowney has a lot of tackles for loss too him yeah, and Garrett both was- and it's like that is one team where that they're going to try to stop the they're, they're going to pr- probably stop the run so that would be the one one thing there fair fair um all right everybody who's watching listening before we go on thumbs up this video subscribe to the channel leave us a review on iTunes Billy does the show Offensive Points, the Dynasty Tailgate. I do the IDP Army podcast, and then I co-host the Underdogs, which had its own podcast feed, had its own playlist on the channel. 
Shalom. Thank you for being here with us. All right, let's continue on down this list. Let's talk tackle leaders right now. Bobby Wagner leads the league through eight games. He has 93. That's insanity. That's more than 10 a game. Denzel Perryman through seven games, second in the league with 81. Roquan Smith with 80. Voice Olakun, number four. He has 77. Alex Singleton, 77. Devondre Campbell, 76. Cole Holcomb, 73. Deion Jones, 42. Log- or 72. Logan Wilson, 72. That's your top nine. Then Jordan Wilson comes in with 71. Um, interesting. To another year with Voice Olakun and Deion Jones, both as top tier linebackers, both making plays outside of just the tackles, too. I mean, Voice Olakun, two pass deflections, a forced fumble on the season, a sack. Deion Jones uh, has a pass deflection, uh, has a forced fumble on the year, two sacks, seven tackles for loss for him. Big numbers for Deion Jones. Um, part of that is because this offense is putrid, but it's curious. They both finished last season as top linebackers. And before I turn it over to you, I think, you know, it is something we need to bring up. If you're new to IDP, it's not uncommon for this to happen. We saw it happen last year. Eric Kendricks and uh, Eric Wilson for the – Vikings, both top 12 linebackers. We saw we saw Voice Olakun and Deion Jones, both top 12 linebackers. You can go back two years ago. You had Roquan Smith, Jalen Smith, both being top-tier linebackers for the Cowboys. You can go back even more. You can see Joe Schobert, Christian Kirksey, both coexisting on the same team as top 12 linebackers. Another team this season, Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, both having top 20 linebacker seasons in tandem with each other. So unlike offensive football where a guy's target is kind of taking away from another player's target. If you're on the field getting opportunities um, and a guy plays next to you, he's going to get similar amount of opportunities. So teams that are playing a lot of defensive snaps, you can see tandems of linebackers produce high level weeks for you. Um, So just wanted to put that out there real quick. What are your thoughts on the the leaderboard at tackles right now? Um, Right now there's one name on there that's sticking out to me like a sore thumb. I think he's 13th right now. Um, it's Derwin James. That yeah. is crazy that he is able to have that many tackles to where he can be up on the leaderboard with a bunch of linebackers. There's a couple more safeties further down the list, but that name sticks out to me like a sore thumb. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I guess I could have been sleeping on the Perryman train, and I guess it's just because he's not a big sack guy. So, like, that's why yeah. you haven't, you know. He he's hasn't just, been he's just a jumping out guy. to me. Exactly, which, you know, there's something to be said there's for, place for like that. that. Exactly. Um, but as far as that, as far as the rest of this goes, uh, it's good to see some of these studs being studs. I mean, Roquan Smith, Bobby Wagner, everybody said Bobby Wagner might be washed before the season. Nope. Just gets better with age, like fine wine. Better and better and better and better. Yeah, but Derwin James – it's really been doing a lot this year. And as you see, no chargers anywhere else in the top, even like 15, I'd probably have to scroll further down to find even one that's up there in tackles. And for him to be up there, that should tell you how transcendent he is as a player. Fair. Yeah, he is. Let's, let's move on quickly. Force fumbles, not necessarily a sticky stat, but um, Josh Norman with four, Marcus Golden with four, Derwin James, three, so he's making impact plays this year, turnover opportunities for his team. Um, He himself has not recovered any fumbles, but he's at least forced three. Darius Leonard has forced three. Quincy Williams, Terrence Marshall, and then T.J. Watt uh, have all forced three fumbles. They're your forced fumble leaders. 
Um, it's curious. It's either a, you know, usually a defensive back or a, a pass rusher that leads it. It's very rarely that it's an off-ball linebacker that leads the league in forced fumbles. I don't really have any comments there. That's kind of, like I said, not a sticky stat. Um, why is Marcus Golden getting more play time? Well, That's he got a couple of – well, two weeks ago it was because Chandler Jones was hurt. Yeah, or I think so. or whatever. I, I, yeah, I know why he was out there, but, I mean, he seems to have a really good, like, I don't know, pursuit. Because uh, when they played Cleveland, he was just all over Baker. It was he's golden a, every time. He's a good player. He's kind of underrated, I think. And he's from the Lou, which is, is pretty he? cool. I yeah, he went that. to actually the city I live in in – st louis he went to the high school here nice shout out marcus golden for sure all right we'll go to pass deflection leaders real quick you know it's mostly cornerbacks which you know an idp you know that that's a, that's one of their that's an impact play that's one that you want to have a guy that's going to get a lot um it's usually going to be a cornerback but we do have a pretty high safety here kevin byard with 10 pass deflections trevon Diggs still leads the league has 11 xavier howard has 10 jc jackson you were on him several weeks ago he has 10. Marshawn Lattimore has 10. Um, all these guys have between 25 and you know 20 tackles. Nothing crazy there. None of them have any tackles for loss. So they're they're more of you know your cornerback type players, but there there are some players here who are more IDP prevalent. Um, for instance, Eric Harris. Um, you know, he has 35 tackles, he's playing safety for Atlanta, so he may be in your lineup a little bit more often than some of those other guys. Justin Simmons, six pass deflections. Um Darius Leonard right now leading all the linebackers with with five. I'm not really wouldn't say I'm look surprised. Look at by old that. Cam Hayward in there too. Yeah, Cam Hayward in there with DT. He's putting up some big numbers. What's he got? Five. Yeah, big dogs. That makes that's such five. a big difference maker in my opinion. It's players that have production profiles that allow them to do more than just sack or just cover or just this or that. You know, being a true playmaker mm-hmm. comes from getting your hands on the ball, and you know, when you have the ball in your hands, can you make a play with it? So can you turn your pass deflections, you know, one in every three or four of them into an interception? So, and let's see here. Hey, I, I was aboard the J.C. Jackson train early. I saw a little bit last season when he was getting a little work when Stephon Gilmore went out. And I that I, I think that's why they got rid of him is because he was able to be the guy that they wanted him to be. 30 tackles. I mean, 10 pass deflections, three picks. It's pretty good for a cornerback. Yeah, three picks. He has the fourth most in the league. He's tied with a few other players. Logan Wilson has four. Kevin Byard has four. He led the league in interceptions several years ago. I think he had nine or ten. Um, and then you've got Trevon Diggs with his seven, leading the pack by a fair margin there. Fluky. So, fluky. Yeah, you trying to rain on that boy's parade pretty hard. I you? like Trayvon Diggs. It's just it's gone a little far. You what do you mean it's gone far? What's gone far? Just seven the, interceptions. How far? The can way you people get? have been talking about him, it's just he's a great calm player. Down. He's a he's good great. kid. Good night, great, great kid. Good attitude. Not like you. <laughs> All right. Yeah, much of a team Let's, player. Um, offensively, what do you? What do you? Who do you want to talk about offensively? Um, I guess we could go ahead and talk touchdown leaders on the season. Um, if you wanted to, or yeah, let me pull up my sheet real quick, and I will let you know. Um, like rushing, receiving. I don't know. Well, the 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 page that I'm looking at is not really working right now. So, well, I mean, I could we could go over receiving touchdowns so far because it's okay. It's, yeah, let's it's, do that. I got I got functioning now. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup's obviously been 
one of the fantasy MVPs of the season so far. He's almost got a thousand yards already. Um, 10 touchdowns, which, you know, have double digit touchdowns already. And he's only played what eight games that could easily be 20 touchdowns for a receiver. And I, I mean, you could see all from his target share. That's how it's going to happen. He has 90 targets total. That is insane. Like Bonkers. nobody gets, nobody gets force fed that much. Um, but Matt Stafford loves him. Well, Michael Thomas did there for a while. That's true. But here's the thing, and we found this out way too late. So they apparently, him, Cooper Cup, and Matt Stafford would have breakfast every morning during training camp. By the way, nugget that we all needed to know. So Joe and Josh have started calling them the breakfast club whenever Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup hook up. But he's been the best so far, um, and I don't really see – I mean, obviously Mike Evans is next with eight, and Metcalf is, has eight as well. My Mike t- Mike Evans take isn't really aging well, but whatever it is what it is. No one's is. Everyone's like, oh, he's just, he's just the best receiver the NFL's ever had ever. Period. Jesus Christ! There it is. Said it. All right. Yeah. So Jamar Chase has seven. Hopkins has seven. Drop down. You got Marquise Brown. He's got six. Mike Williams has six. Thielen has six. And then Dawson Knox with five. Ty- Tyreek Hill with five. That's curious. Um, Cordell Patterson with five. <laughs> Patter, it's a renaissance for Patterson this year. No, I don't feel like there's really a lot to talk about here. I think it's gonna. I think the guys at the top. I mean, I think at the end of the season, it's gonna be Mike Evans or Cooper Cup. I don't think that DK Metcalf is going to keep up this kind of season. um, Personally, I think I think everybody needs to relax on Hollywood Brown. By the way, he's he's done he's done enough to be, you know, everybody get needs to get off of his back a little bit. Yeah, he's done. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's he's been good. I appreciate him. Um, I like him a lot. I think he, like you said, he's he's kind of. Been you know, everybody life. after that one game was just all over him about how you know, oh, he can't catch. Oh, has he ever caught a ball in his life? Oh, like no, I, we're yeah, we're done I, with I, that. He's I earned do, his spots. I do spot. use Twitter. I do. So yeah. <laughs> I did see that. You've seen a few um, of those. Yeah. Um, yardage wise, Cooper Cup leading the way, 924. Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel, gadget guy, a dot too low, don't want him. Analytics guys, look at my chart, he sucks, I don't want him. Morons, idiots, fools, all of you. 819 yards, I don't know what else to say about that. Jamar Chase, the rookie, with three on coming in at three. Look at his targets, too. Like that, that is the craziest part about Jamar Chase. targets. Yes. Yeah. Cooper He's Cup making, has 90 and he only has 150 more yards. My comp, and this is my comp, not as somebody that like comps players or whatever, but my fantasy comp is Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown because they're the kind of players where you can just be sitting there and what and you just see something happen on your TV and your whole day changes like that. Your whole yeah. day. Okay. They're only a handful. Derrick Henry, another guy. There are very few players that can just take the whole field and say it's, it's mine. You know, and hurting, I've seen Jamar my Chase, heart in the preseason. I've seen Jamar Chase do that multiple times through eight games with a quarterback who was coming off an injury, who had a lot of kind of negative stigma around him. I've seen him break plays that like players that I've only seen Tyreek Hill and like I've only seen AJ Brown do. And that's not shade of any of these other guys that like Justin Jefferson. Like to me, Justin Jefferson isn't absolute dynamite. You know what I mean? Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara isn't absolute dynamite. 
they do do well in fantasy. They're great fantasy players. But if you want that absolute emotional high, Jamar Chase offers that to you in a way that very few players do. Um, and he's a rookie. Again, I cannot stress this enough. He's a yeah. rookie. Okay. And he's one of the top wide receivers in the NFL for fantasy, for real life, for all of it. It's insane. I'm- I'm telling you, when it was hurting my heart before the season, when he was like having all those drops during the preseason, and everybody was just like, "Oh, he says the ball's too small. Oh, it has stripes on it." Oh. I was like, "I've seen this kid play. He was so much better than Justin Jefferson in college. Like it was not even close to me." Um, Justin Jefferson was like a silly little slot receiver, while Jamar Chase was the big dog, <laughs> and. Like, I was just like, I can't not – the talent's there. He, he's going to figure it out eventually. And, I mean, he has figured it out, I would say. He has, he has. All right, a few more guys on the list. Uh, Devontae Adams, 744. Chris Goblin, 660. DJ Moore, 645. Tyreek Hill, 641. Lamb with 609. So those are kind of your big leaders there for your your main fantasy points. Um, I guess we can look at receptions real quick. Tyreek Hill, interestingly, has the second most receptions at wide receiver, 52. The yardage is just not there for him this season, though. Um, kind of curious, considering it's Tyreek Hill. Well, I mean, if you see what happens when KC plays, Pat Mahomes puts like puts the ball right on it, and you usually Tyreek just like shovel passes it to the defender for an interception. That's happened quite a few times this season. Hmm. Interesting. That felt- not Pat Mahomes' fault. That I would never blame felt, him. That felt like shade. Yeah, shade towards Tyreek. He needs to hold on to the ball. I don't believe in shade. <laughs> All Fair right, enough. let's um. Talk running backs real quick and wide receivers. Let's do that a little bit faster, maybe. Um, what are your thoughts on the running back landscape? Obviously, Derrick Henry, I don't really – let's not even talk about him. It's unfortunate, 937 yards. This next game, he would have assuredly gone over 1,000. He had such a streak. large lead. He had a massive and lead over the next guy. James Conner, interestingly, has the second most rushing touchdowns in the league with eight behind the big dog. Yeah. Um, so, I think, A, the most frustrating part is for uh, – Chase Edmonds owners, obviously, when it comes to Connor, because Chase Edmonds owners, I think, you know, I'm not, I don't really have many shares of them because I was afraid of this exact thing in the preseason is Connor's going to come in and steal the touchdowns when, you know, Chase Edmonds is in there to do the work. Um, but I think it's very telling that Nick Chubb's still second in yards and he hasn't played in two weeks. Like, I mean, he kind of played this week. I would not call that a full workload. Um, obviously, didn't get the touchdown. Dearness Johnson got it. Um, but I think Jonathan Taylor needs the ball more. Um, if we want to go down that path, they seem to use him and he gets a lot of yardage and does a lot of plus plays. And then they kind of go away from that and put the ball in Carson Wentz hand, which is the riskiest thing you can ever do in football is put the (laughs) ball in Carson Wentz hand. I think if they trusted Jonathan Taylor more, um, they would be better personally. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not even really a – that's an obvious truth. Um, yeah, Carson Wentz is a total joke. He's a sham. He's a fraud. Um, the biggest shock of this year has been mixing for me, though, personally. The thing about Carson Wentz, he's at this point in his career where I feel like everyone treats him so delicately. Like, he like he can't – like, there, no one's going to sit him down and be like, you fucking suck. We're taking your job from you. Like, they're so scared of hurting his feelings and his delicate little ego because he's such a nice guy and he does all the right things. He says all the right stuff. It's just, like, nauseating. 
because he sucks. And it's just like, make it stop. Like, yeah. make it stop trying to be a thing. And people are like, oh, and the big, the big thing is, oh, he didn't have any turnovers this year. That doesn't mean he's good, okay? Like, he's doing enough. And I'm like, enough isn't enough in the NFL, though. That's the thing. Like, and we know that. Like, we know that. And Carson it's the, it's the Baker Mayfield it. issue I have. Yeah. The Jimmy Garoppolo issue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good, like, yeah. Good, not great. Good. And that's just not going to get it done. So don't try and tell me that that we haven't seen his ceiling. We have. We have seen his ceiling. And even his ceiling, that was 2017, 2018. The NFL, that ceiling is not NFL ceiling now. Yeah. You know? So. No, whatever. I agree. But, but kind of going further, a little bit further down the list, um, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts are both in there in the top 20 as far as rushing yards go, which is nice to see because you drafted them for that exact reason. So that's good. It's good that they're they're paying that off. And then uh, Elijah Mitchell has 433 yards and only 81 Never heard of them. Um, San Francisco is a dumpster fire. Dumpster so fire. that offense is just the most bizarre thing. And I am so frustrated with it that I, I can't believe I paid some of the prices I paid for San Francisco players this offseason. Yeah, same. I had IU concernment. I have a lot of IU concernment. Thankfully, I have a good bit of Debo too. I have Lance so too. So, yeah. So he's 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 helped balance some of the pain out, but it's just frustrating, like you said. Just the way Shanahan is, the way the offense runs, the way I, it just everything about it's just not fun. Can it's I toss fun. out a little bit of a hot take? Absolutely. It, it's it's not something that I totally agree with. I can see the people that are zero RB. I can see where they're coming from. Your your team is so dependent on health when you lock your player up for Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry or I, I mean who else was taken like Elliot or Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook. I mean you neutered your team this year if you have couple of those guys on your team and it's just but like it's, there were other landmines I, I get that it's fluky but like it seems like the wide receivers are a little bit i don't know more trustable trustworthy i mean stefan diggs has not been that trustable devon deandre hopkins hasn't been that trustable. but the the what? deandre hopkins has been trust. he ha- wasn't good this last game he's been solid every week yeah, he's all right i mean he's a good kid <laughs> He's been fine, but your Tyreek Hill, you would have been fine. Devontae Adams, you would have been fine. Um, Keenan Allen, for the most part, you would have been fine. There's just, I don't know. I can at least see where people are coming from with zero RB, and I think I might try it next year. Uh, I'm definitely going to do it in best ball next year. Oh, yeah, 100%. I can tell you that right now. 100%. I got like you, you see so many people in these comments where like my season's done, like my season's over with. Well, that's defeatist mentality, okay? Listen. It's not, but it's 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 not just that. It's that people tout these running backs as you need to take them first because they're so scarce. And it's like, but by the end of the season, I mean, look who the the leaders are. You could have gotten some of these guys in the second round. Like it could have, but you. But that's the thing. It's a, it's a crapshoot every year, though. Should have, would have, could. It always is. We well, like could have gotten Mixon or Damian Harris or. Daryl Henderson Jr. or James Robinson, any you of those. Just as easily take in Mike Davis, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, and you're in the same situation. The season there is. Here's the thing about fantasy football: 
the variables, people want to say this is a plus or minus EV move on the season. They want to make it all math-based. And that's great until you realize a lot of the variables are not are qualitative variables. They are not number variables. That means, is this player even on the field? Does he die? Does he get shot in the leg at a Halloween party? You can't quantify that, and you can't quantify which position group it's more likely to happen to. You it's to it's grab- more likely with running backs. Let's be honest. Uh, okay, you got to be like honest. You're, you're talking purely injury, but no, I'm saying guy- hit rate. Hit rate for for first round running backs is much lower than your wide receivers. You also took in the first round. You could say Diggs. You could throw that out there, but Devontae Adams, if you took him in the first round, um, if you took Tyreek Hill in the first round, you were getting plenty. Yeah, back. but they've hurt people the past couple of years getting hurt too. I mean, I've had Tyreek on a lot of teams. He's missed games, and so has Stefan Diggs. They miss games every year. I I get it. I'm just saying I, I feel like you sometimes nuke your team with a running back in the first round. So I'm, I feel like you're an idiot. Well, that is T- TDB or TBD. TBD. <laughs> hey, did you see that I'm uh, mopping the floor with old Joe in two leagues, I think, this week? I did not see that. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, going to wipe the floor with him. And then in the uh, offensive points, invitational or whatever, I'm mopping the floor with him too. No big deal. Just thought I'd drop that in there because you guys you guys are pretty good at dropping a little Jordan shade in every once in a while on your show. So, you know, we, we do not even that. mention you on that show. I don't know oh, what please. You guys, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You guys do a whole segment. It's just a Jordan watch. It's like, oh, <laughs> Jordan, say this Jordan watch. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Rougarou's got a question. Oh, I have Kamara, Diggs, Cup, Lockett, and I'm two and six. Exactly. Fantasy football is so insane. Like, do you, I can't even explain. Like, the, when I real – here's an anecdotal story. I was in a league three years ago, okay? $100 buy-in, all my buddies. I did all the research, all the prep because I'm in this stuff. I live this, okay? My buddy over here, he's basically just a stone-cold idiot. Love him to death. Great guy. Durr, big durr, okay? He drafted from rounds five to eight, Delaney Walker, Greg Olson, and Jimmy Graham, neither of which were even that season, like going into the season, like top eight tight ends. He drafted them right in the middle of his draft, okay? And this is with a bunch of sharps. The dude won the league. He won the league. Nothing makes sense. You can do everything right, and you're going to lose to a jackass that drafts Greg Olson, Delaney Walker, Darius Geis. I mean, you and so just have fun with it. Get players. Well, I mean, the, this is like. I mean, this is gambling at its most primitive form. You can you just think about say fantasy football. Is, here's the thing about fantasy football that drives me nuts: people are like, "I was right," and I'm like, "You can be right till you're blue in the face and still fucking take an L in this game." And that's what I think is makes it fun is because on any given day, anybody can win. Even that shit team that drafted every wrong player can beat that team that took Derrick Henry and took Lockett. If you don't give up, you can still pull off wins, putting in guys, get your 20-point Sterling Shepard week, get your Daniel Jones, you know, weeks in. You know, you can just patch this stuff together, and then it feels so good to beat these guys like me who think that they know everything. So, Yeah, that, well, that's not that hard to do. But I'm just saying oh, – I just I just see where pe- they're, the, they're coming from. I, I had before – had never believed in the zero RB strategy. I can just now see where they're coming from. I can see it. Not that I there's, agree with it. A lot of different ways I see where they're coming there's from. There's a lot of different ways to play this game. A lot of those zero RB guys that you were taking, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, some of those guys didn't even make it into the season. You know what I yeah. mean? 
So, I mean, Acres, there's just as many guys like L's doing that as guys that will tell you that they got them all right. Hey, guys, disagree. just got offered Aaron Jones and Mike Williams, and I give him Justin Jefferson and Elijah Mitchell. What do you guys think? I, I don't would, know if it's dynasty no. or redraft. What do you I would think? Keep, I would keep Jefferson Jones. and Mitchell. Would you? I would. I, I mean, the thing is, is like I, while Aaron Jones and Mike Williams are kind of, you know, having a buy low moment right now, because you could probably, this is probably the cheapest you're going to get them. I just think by the season's end, Justin Jefferson and Elijah Mitchell will be like, Elijah Mitchell seems like a, a league winner right now. Like if you picked him up off waivers. Um, How? I mean, did, do you need to go back over his I've stats in five games? I looked at it today. He had one 20 point game. That was this last one. It was 20 points exactly. He's a touchdown dependent rushing running back only. He doesn't even play 70% of the snaps. He doesn't get any targets, and he's missed weeks already this season. So you've only really had him in your lineup three weeks out of the eight weeks this season. So to call him a league winner is a little rich to me, big Could dog. be. I said could, could be. be a league winner. Yeah, I know. People trying to laugh that one as a win. I'm like, I mean, let's calm down. You take, I mean, I don't want to take away anything. But You're just like, hurt over Trey Sermon, and I, I agree. am hurt I, over I, Trey I'm Sermon. Same, I am. I'm the same way, man. I am, because Trace, there's nothing that I've seen Elijah Mitchell do that Trey Sermon couldn't do if you gave him 18 carries a game. Okay, actually, can you put his – so that actually now now with more context of your team, I probably would do that trade. If if your main running back is Zeke and then you had Zeke and Aaron Jones, I could see it. Yeah, because Miles Sanders is basically droppable. He's going to be useless. He has Um, been useless. He's going to be useless. Miles Sanders is hurt over what happened yesterday with the Eagles. Um, but Adams and yeah, I can see that. Don't give up. I mean, this is all luck in the end. Like you have to have the luck to play the right players in the right week versus the right matchup. I, that's all it is. Yep. It's, it's, it's gambling. I, I understand that. And there's not anybody, any draft analyst out there that says any fancy football draft analyst out there that says that, like this is the right way to do it is not right. Like they're they're just maybe it's a fifty two percent chance. Like there's not. Yeah, it might be the academically sound way, but that doesn't mean it's going to work. No, out. these predictions are insane. This isn't like going to the gym where if you do the things, you get the results. You can do all the right shit in fantasy football and just go zero and six. Yeah, it leads people to like on the OP podcast where Joe thinks Mike Williams had been selling all these other seasons. And then this year, because he's in a contract year, he's actually trying. And that he hasn't been trying for the last three years, that he's just now trying because he wants a new contract. That is insane. That is an insane thought process. But that's what fantasy football does to people, man. Rougarou. Man, it's hard not to toss in the towel when you're that far behind. My thought process on that is this. You only lose in that situation when you give up. You could claw and claw and claw and claw. Yeah, it's going to hurt. Yeah, and you could still probably lose. And it's probably easier just to say, I lost. My season's over. And that's what a lot of people do, and that's fine. That's your choice. Um, I advocate for fighting to your dying breath. I would say if you're 0-7, maybe you got a lot yeah, of Yeah, but again, do, like but... if the best team in your league right now is 5-2, and two, you can pull off a five streak win and a bunch of people. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe only two more teams, you know, get kind of a good record. All of a sudden you're sneaking into the playoffs. 
Oh, I've won championships from like a six and seven situation. And exactly. I have thing, too. So. You know, it's just, you know, don't quit playing the game. Definitely don't. Is Alex Singleton a drop candidate? You know, I'm going to look real quick at what his snap share was in the index this week. Um, I don't know. I mean, I thought that um, Eric Wilson was a drop candidate because he played almost no snaps this last week. Singleton was sub 55%, though, just a little over 55% last week. Um I don't know. That's tough. He is leading. He is one of the top tacklers in the league, even playing not the snap. So I'm probably going to hold Singleton for a bit, my guy. So, all did right. You get other... to, did you get to these questions earlier, though? This which one? ones? Did you drop no, Mike Davis for Michael few. Carter? And no, that is a definite yes. You definitely need yeah. to do that. Mike Davis was droppable weeks ago. Yes. So Although, that... do you think that they're going to play Cordell Patterson more as wide receiver, and that's going to give him a bump in usage from the running back spot? No. Okay. I, I hate Atlanta, and they're not doing anything correctly. Well, they've started to. Now that they've put uh, Pitts out at wide receiver instead of tight end because they were stupid in the beginning of the season. But And then uh, this one. First time on the channel, I gave Hopkins for Pittman, W or loss, and gave Brady for Russell and Aaron Jones, win or loss. Mm, I'm going to say win on both. Yeah, the first one's close, but I think you're probably getting about the same value. And then the second one, as long as Russell comes back and within a, a good amount of time, I would say that's a win. But Brady being the number one QB, I'm pretty sure in fantasy right now, is kind of tough to watch. Yeah. He's a dog, that old man. Yep, old man. Any more questions in there? Nope, that was it. I think those were just the two that I happened to see from earlier. All right, well, this is supposed to be like a trending up and down show. Yep. Um, I feel like we've kind of talked about a lot of guys that are kind of trending up. Are there any players that you want to talk about that are trending down? IDP-wise, Jamal Adams, obviously. I've kind of brought it up in my ranking shows the last couple of weeks, as well as Buda Baker. Um, not what they have been in the past, so they've been trending down for me offensively um i don't want to say that stuff on digs is trending down but i mean it really kind of is at this point again this season is not last season i know people are like oh he's gonna get his big game that's fine but one big game after eight weeks he's i don't think top three wide receivers in his range of outcomes anymore um he's got a lot of ground to make up could he yeah you know we could see a couple of the guys at the top go down etc etc anything could happen but I didn't draft Stefan Diggs for one big game week nine, personally. That's just me. Yeah, exactly. He was supposed to be a consistent player. Yeah. Throughout so if the I'm season. getting 11 point games from him, that's barely, I mean, that's not even replacement level wide receiver numbers, basically. So I'm a little upset with him. Um, Jameis Winston, I mean, it's, he's trending down, obviously, but even before, I was really excited after week one when he had a really great game. What did he throw, four touchdowns? Mm-hmm. But he was kind of already trending down for me as far as at the midway, midway point of the season. Um, who are some guys for you that are trending down at the moment? Trending down? And anybody um, in the chat want to chime in? You guys have any players on your teams that are kind of you're looking at differently now going forward? Um, and again, if you're watching this after the show, after the live stream, leave a comment as well. Thumbs up the video, subscribe to the channel, etc. So, my first one's been Pollard. Um, 
at the beginning of the season, he was getting used quite a bit to spell out uh, Zeke on some plays, but it's kind of favored more towards Zeke towards the end of the season. You're not really seeing as many of those splash plays that are like 30 yards. And I don't know, especially like last night, I don't know if that was because of the Cooper Rush thing. I don't, you know, maybe that's why it wasn't that way. Um, But that was kind of disappointing. Here's a couple um, of interesting ones in the chat. William E says, my biggest fail was drafting Kelsey in the first round. Yeah, he really hasn't been that big of a difference maker, in my opinion. I have him in a couple of leagues, even tight end premium leagues, and it's not like he's out here winning me weeks. You know, he's never been a big touchdown guy. Last season, I think he had a career high in touchdowns. Last year, Kelsey was kind of inevitably going to let us down because I believe last year was the best year of his career. After having five really good years, he had a capped it all off with a monster year. Um so there was going to kind of be a little hangover with him. But, yeah, first round, especially considering every year, the past few years you haven't had to pay that and you got better production, I can see how that would kind of hamstring your team a little bit. <clears throat> Rugeru says Dalvin Cook. Interesting. Yeah, yeah Dalvin, Dalvin Cook has had a pretty bad season so far. It's been a little bit of the injuries, but it's also just the Vikings as in a whole has been just very disappointing. Um, last night, for example, 18 carries, 78 yards, and he didn't catch either of the receptions. It's kind of been, uh, you know, it's kind of been how his season's been going. He's very hit or miss, and that's not what you expect out of Dalvin Cook. It's not why you drafted him probably within the top five. Um, so, yeah, no, I could definitely see Dalvin Cook as a big trending down um, situation. Uh, my other one. Oh yeah, I forgot. I almost forgot about him. Antonio Gibson. Woof. I mean, just woof. People were calling him Christian McCaffrey 2.0 in the preseason, and while he was never a first round draft pick, really, he was mostly pe- most people's second round draft pick, and he is not. He's barely usable right now. Um, McKissick looks better. And Heineke seems to like McKissick more, and those receptions are the you know the bread and butter. And Antonio Gibson was good at catching the ball last year. He's not not they're not happening anymore. It's not the the magic is gone. So with Washington needing to come back in most of these games, Antonio Gibson kind of falls by the wayside. Fair. And I kind of agree. I didn't have a lot of Gibson. I kind of saw. I don't want to say like I just. I hate saying I saw it coming, but it's like when you don't invest in a player in any of your leagues, I feel like you kind of... With Fitzpatrick, I think things would have been different. I really do. You consciously or subconsciously make a decision to put a player on your team. And I can say that I don't have any Antonio Gibson. I I did that with Cup, and we see where that got me, so... True, you know, you but you, you know, you, you do, you don't, we don't hit them all, you know, nobody yeah, does. True, Alan Robinson trending down, hope he gets traded. Yeah, that's t- that's a tough situation there. It has Alan Robinson's had a tough career forever, yes. dude's just it, tough. It's, it's been bad news bears for him, literally. He's still um, a great receiver, though, he's still young enough. I would love to see him end up on the Chiefs or something like that. That would be really cool, in my opinion. Or, you know, they could get rid of Matt Nagy probably solve all the problems in the world if they just did that. I don't know. Maybe. The play caller is the problem there. It's not the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback does hold on the ball too long. I think think there's more wrong with the Bears than just the head coach. Gibson was my second pick after Kelsey. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, that's tough, my guy. It was a better draft to draft RB depth this year. Yeah. 
again, the James Robinson truthers got their few weeks out of him. And apparently his injury is not too bad off, so he should be back out there. Zach Moss, low-key, having an okay-ish season. Melvin Gordon. Yeah, a lot of these split, the quote-unquote split backfields really got worked themselves out. Fournette is definitely the starter in Tampa Bay. Um, Zach Moss has kind of done what Zach Moss has done there. Um, New uh, New England, it's not. Uh, it, it is kind of a bunch of running backs, but it's Damian Harris, and you know when it matters, and then when it doesn't matter, we'll throw in JJ Taylor and the rest of them. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, I really don't have any other notes. I thought this show would go a little bit longer, but unless you have any major storylines, talking points, um, things you want to talk about going forward as far as like macro scale on the season, um, we can do that. If not, we can kind of go ahead and. Well, I was thinking maybe we could toss out a couple of people to maybe try to target because most people's fantasy trade deadlines probably within the next couple weeks, I would think. Yeah. So I just I didn't know if you happen to have any names off the top of your head of people that people I will say this. This, is what this is what I will say. I saw a guy today um at Chalk if you guys follow Chalk Leagues if you guys follow him on Twitter. He's a good dude. He has been making plays for Calvin Ridley in Dynasty. I saw one where he sent Mike Evans for Calvin Ridley, another one where he sent Cortland Sutton. I am not on that. Kind of like I said coming in earlier in the show it looks like a buy low opportunity, but again, if you go to the other players that we've seen have these sort of mental health issues um, at the wide receiver position, you know, they were presented to us obviously as addiction issues, cannabis issues, whatever, Martavis Bryant, Josh Gordon. But again, most of that stuff is rooted in a sort of a mental health problem. I don't know how Calvin Ridley's dealing with it. I don't know, but the, the players we've seen deal with this besides Antonio Brown, really kind of getting his act together, it usually does not circle back around to guys being top fantasy wide receivers again. So I would not trade a guy like a Mike Evans who's been nothing but rock solid and is still 27 years old. I mean, Calvin Ridley's, what, 26? What are you really getting out of that, you know? So not – I don't know, you know, that's just – I'm not doing that. Um, You know, Atlanta's not even at the rebuild yet. Like they're they're going like the the rebuild is coming very quickly for them, and they haven't even started yet. So if you're trading for them, you're might be in for a couple of weird years with a rookie quarterback. I saw the I was on a show right before this, the front yard fantasy guys as well, and they had several questions on there. Guys talking about what do I what should I be sending out to try to go get Derrick Henry? I'm not on that either. I don't want Derrick Henry, even if he's back in six or seven weeks. Maybe that's a mistake on my end, but what I'd have to give up to get into so. on my bench, I'm not. I'm not on that right now either. Whatever you're giving up is way worth way more, more than valuable. Thoughts on Justin Fields going forward? Was his performance a fluke? Don't think it was a fluke. I think I he'll have performances either. like that, but I still don't feel conf- confident starting him every week. Um, as long as they have, as long as Bill Lazor's not calling the offense, that's what you're going to get from Justin Fields. I mean that 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 right there is what you would get if it was Bill Lazor. If it's Matt Nagy who wants to you know be an egomaniac about the offense, you're going to have the Justin Fields that you've had for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, egomaniac. That's a great word for him. Right. I, really I just want to throw out one name that I think people should trade for immediately, and okay. I think that this could. That I think the price is just cheap enough to where if you get them. You're gonna you're gonna be happy in the long run. 
Um, and that's Chase Edmonds from the Cardinals. So the only reason I'm saying this, um, because it has been James Conner getting all the goal line touches, I get the, all that. They got like a really kind of tough-ish schedule coming up against defenses, and I think that they're going to probably throw him the ball more, and I think that he has a big opportunity to get more points through uh, the air than he has been needed to in the past couple of games. Um, the biggest problem with Chase Edmonds right now is the touchdowns, but the, and that that I think is the only problem is he just doesn't have the touchdowns to back up his points. But he's had double digit points in every every game except for two, so I think that that's a good solid cheap ish player to make a play for. Fair, good point. I think Melvin Gordon's a good target. Any sort of veteran who doesn't get the shine is a good target. Um, Mike Evans is a great target. Melvin Gordon's a great target. Those Kareem are guys Hunt too. Kareem, Hunt's Kareem good... Hunt, another great target. I'm not trying to buy guys like CMC, even Justin Jefferson. Or I think you could Swift. maybe make you could make plays for guy. Yeah, I don't don't buy. I mean, people that go buy high, nah, not for me. I want to take I guys at a, at, a, at a value. Hopefully, I still have a good enough team where you know I don't have to do this. I'm not backed into a corner, so. All right. Well, that's all from me. I think that's all from Billy. Quickly, I want to tell you all, go check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. You can support the IDP Army there. Go to the website, idparmy.com or semiprofantasy.com. We have rankings up on the site. We have articles on the site. Go follow semiprofantasy on Twitter. That's our new handle for uh, the kind of the overall company brand. Uh, the IDP Army is still obviously a big part of that as well. It's kind of our baby right now. Um, appreciate your support. You know, the season is halfway over. We will be back on Sunday morning at 11 Eastern to do our live stream, start sets, offense, defense, anything you guys have for us, talk DFS a little bit, whatever, whatever. I'll be back Wednesday night on this channel with Dave Kluge. We will be doing a live head-to-head underdog draft, talking about this week's upcoming slate, how we're ranking guys, how we're approaching the week, et cetera. Um, hopefully helping you guys win some money on underdog go click the link in the description of this podcast and of the show right now underdog is doing a promotion they'll match your first time deposit up to 100 you put it on there you can go draft it's the best way to do dfs in my opinion and listen if you want to get a free month of the ultimate idp index which is our flagship product which the idp army is all about i will give you that for one month if you do one thing well a couple of things you need to go sign up for underdog okay Click the link below, sign up for underdog. Put 10 bucks on there, they'll give you 10. Put 100, they'll give you 100, whatever. I don't care. Do that, okay? They're going to give you money. Two, screenshot it once you do that, that you have made an account, and then go follow at semiprofantasy. DM me that screenshot. I'll give you one month of access to the Ultimate IDP Index, which is currently the Black Ops tier is the only tier that can get access to that on Patreon. That's 13 bucks a month. So you're going to get free money from Underdog. You're going to get a free month access to our flagship product, and you're going to get to go win some money on Underdog. So when you become a millionaire on Underdog, you can go join the Patreon for real. So that was my long-winded way of saying thank you for being here. We appreciate the support. We will be back soon. Billy, tell them about what's going on with the OP this week. Let's get the people out of here. Yeah, we got the game previews coming up this week, and we're also going to do uh, mid-season fantasy awards. Not your typical like most valuable player situation, kind of like what we talked about today. They're going to be very specific, fun awards for players. Um, 
and we got a lot of shade to throw. So if you love some shade, we'll see on when we'll see on Thursday morning. Amen. Amen. Yeah, guys, gals, the OP podcast is really good. I describe it as around the NFL for adults after dark. Okay. There is a little language. There's a little innuendo. There is a little fun to be had. We aren't. We aren't. Uh, we aren't bowing down to any sort of corporate overlords. I am the corporate overlord. Let's say uh, not yet, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the corporate overlord, and I promise I won't overlord you too much. So, <laughs> all right, y'all. Like I said, thumbs up, subscribe. We will be back later this week. Keep the content pumping out. We love you, IDP Army. Good. Bye. Peace. Let the rain hit the sand. Build a house on a rock, got a plan. Gotta get stocks, keep them bands. Hear the clock tick, blades on a fan. Used to be mundane on a Monday. Now you have fun day on a Sunday. Cause you switching it up and you living it up. You ain't getting enough.